Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I had a momentary delay. I forgot to turn on my recorder, so apologize about that. But uh, welcome back to another... Uh, I never know what to call these things, broadcast, episode, I don't know, Uh, just we're going live, and uh, it'll also obviously be recorded, and uh, be on the channel available, we're back in the book of Acts, we're continuing the series on the book of Acts, just going through um, chapter by chapter, and um, I meant to grab, I'll do it next week, but I meant to grab my uh, Let This Mind Be In You stickers. Uh, because I have plenty of these to go around. So if you see this, I put it on my coffee mug. You'll be able to, um, they, they work really well. And this, these have, the same ones have been on there for, oh, a couple, several, a couple years now I've had this. So it's, it's still there, uh, still on there. And uh, if you'd like to have um, some Let This Mind Be In You stickers, you can put them somewhere. And just to, as a reminder to Let This Mind Be In You, which was in Christ Jesus. And um, I, I would love to send some to you. All you have to do is uh, reach out to me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Once again, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. Just drop me a line there and tell me where you want me to uh, send them, and I will pay for the postage and everything and send them out to you. Uh, so if you'd like one. All right. So anyways, like, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you're telling all your friends and family about uh, this uh this program, this channel, and I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So we're continuing the study of the book of Acts tonight, and uh, just, you know, we're in Acts chapter 4, so turn in your Bibles to Acts 4. Now, there's not going to be, I guess you would say, like maybe some deep things that we're going to get into, uh, you know, a lot of meat, so to speak, uh, but not to say that it's not important. We're going we're gonna to read through this uh, account of, once again, Peter is... Um, condemning uh, Israel in their actions of, of crucifying their Lord, uh, the Lord of glory, uh, crucifying him, killing the Messiah. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss a few different things as we go through here. Uh, but I want to get started right away. It's a little bit longer of a chapter, and I want to get it all in tonight if possible. So um, if you're joining me, please, if you're joining live, please leave a comment. Even if you're uh, joining later on, uh, please just leave a comment uh, in the comment section below, and I would appreciate it. All right, and then uh, if you want to listen anytime or you want to watch anytime, you can always go to the channel. All the stuff is archived in on the channels. Let this mind be in you on YouTube and Facebook, and you can also listen to the podcast at any time. Let this mind be in you podcast. Just look up that, and you should be able to find it on just about everywhere that you want to find your your podcast streams. So, all right, not a lot, a whole lot of people joining us live tonight. Um, hmm. 
wonder why that is. I know uh, Sister Diane, who's usually on here, reached out to my wife and said that uh, she's got a medical procedure tomorrow really early in the morning. So pray for Sister Diane uh, in that medical procedure. But uh, I'm thankful that she does watch. And I'm thankful that uh, she was even, uh, that was that was very sweet of her to say that she wouldn't be able to watch live tonight, but she'll watch on Saturday. So anyways, but get into it. Acts chapter four and uh, verse number one. I don't even see my mom and dad on here yet. So maybe they're out and about doing something. That's okay. I'll call them later on. Um, I was going to say something else, but it's escaped me right now. Well, probably wasn't important. Let's move on. Uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse number 1. Of course, this is after healing the, the lame man. Uh, remember James, or excuse me, James, uh, Peter and John uh, said the famous, uh, the quote, uh, silver and gold have I none, you know, and they raised this uh, this man up and he and he walked. And now we're, we're coming to the rest of the story, as a uh, an old broadcaster used to say. And uh, continuing on with that here in Acts chapter 4. Verse number 1 says, and as, and as they spake unto the people, so they're, they're preaching to the people, remember that, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, a little bit of context here. The Sadducees, you know, there's the two competing... Uh, sects of religion there uh in the in the the jewish faith uh, the pharisees and the sadducees you know like you know this school of thought uh, the pharisees said they believed in the resurrection and uh the sadducees said no we don't believe in the resurrection you know and so there was this constant battle well these sadducees are obviously so when you see this you can see why they're so upset they're teaching the resurrection from the dead and they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. So they didn't want to mess with them anymore that night. Uh, it was getting it was getting late, and they sent them uh, into the hold, um, basically uh, what we would consider jail. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. So as remember where they were at, they were in the busiest spot in Jerusalem, in the temple. And all these people that had gathered around, uh, they estimated uh, about 5,000 of them believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and they believed that for their salvation. And it's interesting because it's in the salvation of the resurrection. And we, and we talked about that, you know, I believe, the past two weeks. So I'm not going to rehash all that, but the, you know, the salvation, yes, is in none other than Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that tonight, um, but... Their, their salvation as far as um, when they get their new bodies, uh, the, the times of refreshing, as we spoke about in Acts chapter 3, uh, I believe the Bible teaches, and we, we went through it um, quite a few places, that that is at the time, after time of Jacob's trouble, that they are resurrected. And then they enter into the millennial kingdom, and then they rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. And there's many, many, many reasons. Uh, I did the Millennial Reign series. I've, I've done quite a few t uh, discussions on that, on that matter. But as they've been arrested now and they're being held in, in prison uh, or in jail, these uh, approximately 5,000 of them believe that message. 
Verse number five, and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, this is quite the showing, okay? This is everybody, the who's who. And Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as there were of kindred of the high priest were gathered together in Jerusalem. They're all there to see what's going on, um, the, the, this group that was assembled. Now, I personally believe that this is another opportunity for them to accept as the rulers, the elders, the, the, the ones that led the people. I think, uh, think back to when Jonah went into uh, Nineveh. I think about how because of the belief of the ruler, the, ki- the king there, uh, and his repentance and all these things that God did not destroy Nineveh. And remember, Jonah was very upset about that. You know, first of all, he didn't want to go. And, of course, you know, three days and three nights in the, in the belly of the, of the whale. But he was very upset about that. But the entire nation or the city, the, the, the kingdom of Nineveh, was spared because of the belief of their ruler. And I find that very interesting that that's what Peter is literally saying to them now is that as he's he's got this opportunity i think of another opportunity that's going to come about and i this is when stephen's going to preach a similar so to speak message to the rulers but i think um, when stephen does i think that that is near the final rejection and if not the final rejection of a nation and that is when uh, this this dispensation that they're in, okay, this time period starts to fall off the scene a bit. And as it declines, there was a young man there by the name of Saul at Stephen Stoning that we'll find out more about as we get um, uh, further along in the book of Acts. But this, as you can tell here, already these, these who's who, the rulers, the elders of the people, were there gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people, see, and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. So apparently the man was standing there with him as a witness, and it's pretty hard to deny it because remember the last chapter, they all knew who this was. He was very well known. People had been seeing him there for years and years and years and years. And it says here, verse number 11, uh, this is the stone which was set at naught of your uh, builders, which has become the head of the corner, the, the cornerstone. Uh, this is, I'm about ready to talk about this in a moment by going to some other passages of Scripture here, but this is the stumbling block of Jesus Christ to these rulers, to the, to the Jewish people. Their Messiah, which was set at naught of you builders, And by saying you builders, I mean, these are the, as I said, again, the, the who's who, the, the notable men, the, the rulers of the, of the people. And this is who Peter is petitioning right now. 
So turn over really quick to Isaiah chapter 28, verse number 16. Isaiah 28 and verse number 16. And if you're joining me live and you're putting down some comments, I, I don't have the comments pulled up right now. But I will here in a moment. But Isaiah chapter 28, verse number 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Then turn over, if you will, uh, to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6. So this is Peter speaking again, but this time in a, in a letter. Through the inspiration, of course, of the Holy Ghost, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number, verse number 6. Wherefore also, as it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. So again, the, the belief in him, who he said he was in the resurrection, which they were all witnesses of. This is what Peter is saying over and over and over again. That This is their, their message to them. But this is the stumbling block. Even Paul calls uh, Jesus Christ a stumbling block in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 23. Sometimes it's hard to read my writing. I got the glare of this uh, of this soft light that I have that makes it doesn't makes it light up in here a little bit. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 23. The Bible says here, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So even Paul uses the example of Jesus Christ being a stumbling block. The cornerstone is what they kept tripping over. The, the fact of who Jesus is and was, while he was there, manifest in the flesh, they stumbled over that many, many, many times. Uh, over in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Turn there next. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Uh, says here, uh, now therefore, verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, I believe it's speaking about the believing Israel there, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The same indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, that's not to say that uh, these two groups are exactly the same. Hi, uh, Brother Jason, over there on uh, YouTube joining me. Uh, good to see you here. But the fact that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, he is the, 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 the pivotal, the, the reason and as we'll see here in a moment, the only name given among men whereby you must be saved, and that's for everybody. Look at the next verse. Neither is there salvation, back in uh, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, the same is true for Israel and Peter's message. As it is in Paul's message, this same cornerstone is the foundation, the rock. Now, how they build upon that foundation, uh, we've gotten into that in the past about, you know, the, the two 
the two different kingdoms and who, what they're meant for. But according to this, it's always Jesus Christ. According to the Bible, let no man try to deceive you that there's any salvation in any other name given among men. There's no salvation in any other except through Jesus Christ. Believing who he is, God manifest in the flesh, that humbled himself, took on the form of a servant, was that died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to scriptures. The simplicity of the good news or gospel is that, is that God, your sins had separated you from God, and God manifest in the flesh, came to this earth, his creation, and humbled himself even to the death of the cross, it says in Philippians 2, for you and I, in order for we, us to be saved, it has to be through none other than Jesus Christ. There's salvation in none other. It's never been about works, lest any man should boast. It's always the cross. It's always Christ Jesus and who he is, God manifest in the flesh, the one that came to die for you and I. Now, when some say, well, Paul says that there's people in Christ before even him. Well, Brother Mike, don't you say that, you know, we are the body of Christ and Israel's the bride and it's two different groups? Yes, two different eternal destinations, two totally different judgment seats. Yes, I say all that, but everyone, everyone is in Christ that comes to the Father. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus says. So even the two groups, don't get it messed up. Don't get it confused on what I'm saying. Both groups are in Christ because that's where the justification comes from. When they get resurrected, people can debate back and forth. Uh, you can debate back and forth who inherits the millennial kingdom. We've talked about that extensively here on this channel. We can talk about all these nuanced little uh, subjects in the Bible. We can talk about uh, end times and all these other kinds of things. But at the end of the day, there is salvation and none other in any other. For there is none other name given. As it says here back in verse uh, 12 of Acts 4. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. Remember, these are the smart guys. I always find it fascinating that, you know, the hubris of, of, of intellectuals. Oh, we, we have this all figured out, you know. And, but the Bible even says that, he makes uh, the the wise. He makes them into fools, and that's paraphrasing. It's not. He makes you know foolish men. You know the foolishness of of, of even the preaching of Christ, as we read earlier. You know to the Greeks, the scholars, the the ones that are you know the learned people. It, this is foolishness. But he makes wise the simple. And he makes these so-called wise fools. And they perceive that they were unlearned and ignorant men. These are just a bunch of fishermen. P 
Peter and John, they're, they're, they're fishermen guys. So, I mean, they don't have hardly any education. How in the world can they be saying these things? They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. How could you? But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they confirmed them, conferred among themselves. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna deliberate here. What, what are we going to do? I mean, this guy has been healed. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people were believing in Jesus. We thought we took care of this by crucifying him. And he's, he's just, this is growing and growing and growing. What are we going to do? What can we do? I mean, is, is there something we can do to stop these guys? So they're confirming or conferring amongst each other, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest or clearly seen to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. You know, they try to deny the resurrection. All oh, the, the disciples stole the body, but they knew good and well that that was not true. Excuse me. They, they knew that because they fabricated the story. They knew he had raised from the dead, but at the hardness of these people's hearts, it's, it's, re, it's just, just, it boggles the mind. But so much that I think, you know, they wanted to hold on to their, their power. It was their pride. Well, we know what the Bible says about pride, that it goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Israel is about to fall as a nation put aside for a time. Paul talks about it in Romans that it was uh, put aside for bring them to jealousy and God will deal with them again. It's coming back. And I, I firmly believe that it, it cannot be that much longer. We shall see. Only God knows. But they commanded them. It says, uh, verse 17, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Basically, like, you know, you guys are telling us this, but in the sight of God, we, we can't. Now, you, you judge for yourself whether or not we're going to be able to keep silent about this. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Remember, there are to be witnesses. Christ said so. He said, be witnesses of me in Jerusalem. Here they are in Jerusalem being witnesses of him in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. They're, they're doing that, which they were commanded to do, and they're continuing. Verse 21, so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David hast said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things, empty things here? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, the Romans, 
and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. See, Christ did not get killed. You know, there's a big debate that goes around a lot. You know, people get in trouble for saying uh, they crucified Jesus. And they're like, oh, are you being anti-Semitic? Are you talking about the Jews? Or, you know, I thought it was the Romans that killed Jesus. They might have been the instruments. The Jews may have gave him up in order for Rome to do essentially their dirty work because, you know, they, for the people's sake, you know, we'll just say uh, he's a rabble rouser and get him killed by the Romans. It doesn't matter. None of them killed Jesus. He says that no man taketh my life. I lay it down willingly. He laid it down. It was his will to be done. Verse 29, and now, Lord, behold thy th their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Amazing how a few days and the Holy Spirit can change things around. That's the comforter. As Jesus said in John 14, that's who would come to give them all wisdom and knowledge, be able to give them boldness. And the multitude of them that believe, in verse number 32, were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. They, as we're going to discuss in a minute, this is not communism in the world's term. That's, that's, that's of the flesh. That's of power grabbing. That's how to subjugate people. Communism is not biblical. What they are doing here has everything to do with them fully expecting thy kingdom to come. They were expecting fully for Jesus to return to this earth to rule and reign. They were fully expecting it. That's what they asked them. Remember in Acts chapter 1, are you setting up your kingdom? Are you coming back and set your kingdom up? He says, it's not, time, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Just do what I tell you to do. And they had all things in common. They were just, they were gathering together fully expecting, not worrying about the earthly possessions that they had, but fully expecting that Christ would come back and they would rule and reign with him. So what's earthly possessions? They, they counted it as nothing. And with great power, verse 33, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. There it is again. What are they to be witnesses of? Now, some people may say, and I, I want to make sure that this is clear. We do tell people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But not a single one of us witnessed the resurrected Lord. Remember, Jesus tells Thomas, blessed is he that has not seen but believed. You know, I mean, we haven't seen him, but they were to be witnesses of him and his resurrection. Look what it says here. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection, the apostles, the one that had seen him, that were with him for another 40 days to see him 
amongst others, these, these ones that have been with them from the beginning, these apostles, these chosen apostles, they were the witnesses. We are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We cannot be. None of us were alive 2,000 years ago and witnessed it in person. They did. That was their great commission. That was the commission for them to do. And it keeps repeating itself. I don't know I don't know how much more it can repeat itself here and to make it more clear. But And with great power, verse 33, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. See, grace is there no matter the dispensation. It's always about grace. It's how he dispenses his grace. There's things once you are believing what he said to believe and doing that you would naturally do some things that he told you to do. They truly believed and it was met out with the works that they were doing. Though it had nothing to do with the works to either save them or keep them saved. It had everything to do with the outpouring of what they believed. That's why if you have faith, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out. It can't help. If you truly believe something, if you have faith in something, you truly believe it, you're, it's, it's, that's what you're going to talk about. That's what you're going to be witnesses of. That's what is going to come out of you in some shape or fashion, right? You know, if, if you could, uh, the old adage goes, I mean, you can believe all you want that a plane will get you into the air and get you arrived safely, but unless you get on the plane, you don't really believe it. Well, I, I do believe it. I really, really do believe it. We'll get on the plane. Well, no, I'm scared to. Well, that's kind of strange. You have faith, right? Yes, 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 yes. I have faith that that plane will do what it says it's going to do. Well, it's the same example here. Get on the plane. If you truly believe, okay, let's get on the plane. Okay, threaten us. Okay, kill us. We were witnesses of a man that you you said that was not who he said he was, which was Christ, son of the living God, as Peter says. Where else are we to go? You have the words of life, Peter says to him. And Peter did reject him, didn't he? He denied him three times. He didn't reject. He denied him three times. And he was immediately sorrowful. When Jesus said that he did exactly what he was going to do. But now here's the same Peter. The witness of the resurrection, the witness of the ascension into heaven, standing, gazing, mouth wide open, I'm sure. And the angel says, why stand you here gazing? Go do what he said to do. <laughs> you know, like, the, okay, let's go. And they did. They went back and seven days later, the Holy Ghost came upon them all. The boldness came upon them, and they had all things in common because they thought he was coming back. But they were witnesses of that resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither, verse 34, was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Notice that there was no government telling them they had to do this. <laughs> but there's a purpose behind why they are doing this 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 act here of selling everything they have and having everything in common, you know, make sure they have a roof over their head and food to eat. That's all they cared about. I don't even know if they had a roof over their head. They might've been living in a tent. It doesn't matter. 
Nobody was lacking of food, water, raiment, shelter. Because all this people that own land, they sold it all and brought every bit of that money and laid them, as it says in verse 35, and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. You mean the apostles weren't getting rich over this? Nope. As many as had need, they all had what they needed. That's all of them. You know, these prosperity preachers talking about all this kind of stuff and, you know, they, they get all this money, send me $100 and I'll send you this and all this kind of stuff and flying around in their in their big fancy planes and all the, and no. Anyways, moving on. Verse 36, and Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, and he will be a prominent figure, but he is a believing Jew of Peter's ministry. This man named Joseph, who by the apostles, they just surnamed him Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite. Notice that even a Levite, which was the priesthood uh uh, tribe of Israel and of the country of Cyprus having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet even this great man believed and he believed that the kingdom was going to come to he sold all of his land and he laid it and he laid all that money and everything at the apostles feet you know in Mark 19 verse 21 and also Luke 18 22 and, and other places Something that's interesting. Let's turn to Luke chapter 18 and verse number 22. Let's see an example of Jesus giving this as, I would say, as a litmus test, for lack of a better term. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 22. There's a rich young ruler that comes up to Jesus and he he was saying to him, uh, good master, verse 18, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. <laughs> it's, he's, it's kind of a play on words. He He's like, you saying that I'm, I'm God manifest in flesh? Are you believing that? It goes really right over his head a little bit here. And by a little, I mean a lot. Verse 20, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, huh, all these things I have kept from my youth up. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Here it is. Here's the litmus test. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor. You mean the ones that have need? And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, by the way, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? He's speaking about the earthly kingdom, the thousand year reign of Christ here. He's not talking about what you think about heaven. He's talking about this kingdom that's to come. And all these, as we just read in Acts 4, they had the true heart of belief. They had faith. They really expected, they fully expected Israel to finally repent, change their mind about who Jesus was, 
surely we all these signs and wonders that are being done. Lord, just give us boldness. They're, they had complete faith that he would come. Now, we all know that Israel rejects for a time. But according to prophecy, at the time of Jacob's trouble, at the end of the time of Jacob's trouble, what some know, know as the uh, tribulational period, at the end of that seven years, that 70th week of Daniel, they will finally repent. They will believe that Jesus is who he said he was. They will take him as their Messiah. They'll look upon him whom they have pierced. They will cry out and he will come out. He will come back to this earth and set up his kingdom. That's why having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet is not for us today. This has nothing to do with it. And by the way, I'm not even telling you that, you know, you know, you should like strive for wealth either. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about a man taking care of his family. Some people are really good at are investing and doing all these kinds of things, and they have a good amount of wealth, and they take care of their family, and they take care of others. You know, God bless them for that. But there's some that don't have anything. It does not matter. Today, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter back then either. They had all these rich people that had lands and possessors of houses, selling everything for them to have everything in common. And we'll see later on in the book of Acts as we continue further, as the ministry wanes, as they reject at the, at the preaching of Stephen, again, they reject. That you'll see that the ministry of Peter starts to wane, the, the apostles, it starts to wane. I think that there's a, a pivotal event when the temple is burned to the ground by Titus. I believe it was Titus and the Roman legions. And they're put on hold. This kingdom, though, is not going to not come about because Israel rejected or somehow the church now, us, the body of Christ has replaced Israel. And it, those are our blessings now. And all this, no, 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 no. They will get their kingdom as promised. Okay, that's why there's a difference. But that's Acts chapter 4 again. Next, next week, we're going to get even more uh, into this early ministry of Peter and different things that were going on. And then we'll get into Stephen and uh, Acts chapter 6 and so forth and so on. So I, I hope you're getting uh, as much out of this as I am. I love studying through the book of Acts, just looking for to say, as it says clearly what it says. And that uh, we can compare scripture with scripture and understand the differences between the two groups. Somebody's out there trying to tell you to sell everything you have and come into a commune, and that's somehow biblical. Well, that's them seeing themselves as Israel, and it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of people that view themselves as such to varying different degrees. <laughs> so anyways, all right, well, uh, not very many comments today. A few people came in and joined, which I'm always happy to see. Thank you, Brother Jason, for uh, leaving a comment there over there on YouTube. And then, of course, my wife talking about the sound was good. Well, that's good. Amen. Well, we'll come back next week, Lord willing, and be in Acts chapter 5. Wait a few more seconds here. Let's see if anybody else calls in.
by calling in. I mean, leaves a message here. Okay, well, uh, I gave it about 30 seconds. Usually it takes a little bit longer for the lag, so we'll, we'll wait just a few more seconds, and then we'll go ahead and call it a night. It's good to see everybody. Don't forget, as I'm just wasting a little bit more time, <laughs> the Let This Mind Be In You stickers, the coveted, and I use that term loosely, uh, the, the, the much in demand let this mind be in you stickers. They're they're very fine quality vinyl, uh, and they do not. I mean, it, like I said, this has been almost two years, and you can see that, you know, it's it's got some wear and tear on it, but that's of you know over two years of use. So, I got it on both sides of the mug, by the way, too. See that? Good conversation starter. Let this mind be in you. What's that all about? What is that all about? Let this mind be in you, and you can start to witness to them. By using that even. But if you want one, write me at ltmbiyayahoo.com. If you're not here locally and I can't bring it to you personally, I will send it to you via mail if you're willing to uh, give me your address when you email me. Hey, Brother Dave. I'm glad you were here tonight. I'm praying for you, buddy. Hope you're, uh, hopefully you're feeling better. Going through some health issues, Brother Dave Wilson, so be praying for him. So, All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for tonight. I appreciate you joining me. Remember to tell everybody about the channel. Let this mind be in you on YouTube and Facebook. I would love to see the channel grow, but it can only grow by word of mouth and by you um, helping me out. That's the only way it will. They're not going to promote this channel <laughs> by the least. No way are they going to promote it. Um, somebody asked me the other day if I was ever going to monetize and I made a commitment when I first started that I'm not monetizing any of these channels. Um, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'll be self-funded or somebody wants to donate or something like that, but I don't, I don't, I don't need YouTube or Facebook money. Even though if you do, if you have a certain type of channel that, you know, you feel that you want to monetize and you make the the necessary as far as uh, there's a threshold you have to reach. If you can do all that, go right ahead. But uh, not me. <laughs> Brother Dave says you got quite a mug. And then he says nice coffee cup too. Nice play on words. Nice dad joke there. Nice pun. The pun was intended, I'm assuming. All right. All right, brother. Well, it's good to uh, see everybody here tonight. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Keep studying, rightly divide the word of truth. Study the word rightly divided, okay? Through the revelation of the mystery, as we're studying now through his earthly ministry at uh, over in Slidell, and then also like this early part of the uh, of the apostles' ministry, it's always good to study through that th those types of things so that you can see the differences between the two groups. So keep studying. Study the show thyself approve, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I'll see you next week, Lord willing. God bless you. Have a great night.